Life has its ups and downs. Our guests will share their story and their journey through life. They'll share the struggles they hit and how they pivot in a way to come out stronger and better than before. Growing up, we are taught there is one way of life that essentially creates our life's checkmark. You have a choice to go in any direction you desire. As you listen to our guest, you're encouraged to look at your life and the checkmark you created in your mind and readjust if needed after listening to some of the incredible stories told. This is the Life's Checkmark Podcast, and I'm your host, John Emery. In this episode, you're going to hear TJ share how he has three businesses and how the opportunities just came to him. Like he didn't really go searching for them. And he's going to also share with you how he manages these three businesses, uh, his routines throughout the day. And he's a very genuine person. He's right down to earth and you're really going to enjoy how he approaches everything and shares with you his journey through life. Hi, TJ. It's great to have you on. Um, it's been a while since we connected and, uh, just to sum up, uh, TJ and I connected from somebody else that we met and we had a little, little group. It was for what, maybe once a week and for uh, a couple of months or so, it must've, and then it kind of phased out. Everybody got pretty busy and stuff, but, um, I wanted to touch base with TJ and I know he's done a lot of great stuff and I know he's probably got some great, um, stories to share with us. And, you know, I know he's, he, right before this, we hit record, he did say that, you know, he could be spending like hours or whatever talking about his life, you know? Um, so we don't have that, but we'll, we'll go ahead and see what we can dig up and any struggles and lessons learned along the way. So TJ, let's just start out with what you're currently doing and then we'll backtrack and see, you know, we can discuss how you got there and what you had to go through. Sure. And, and John, it's great to, to visit with you, uh, you know, just for a few minutes before we got started. But, uh, um, you know, the, the connection that we've had, you know, has lasted here this few years and, and we've been able to stay in touch on a fairly regular basis. And, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Um, so thanks for having me on, um, you know, to, to kind of give you a, a kind of a base point of where we're at. Um, uh, I'm in Arlington, Texas. I've been out here for about 25 years and um, done some different things. But over the last uh, 10, 15 years, I've been uh, involved in real estate. Uh, so uh, I'm a real estate license. Um, two years ago, I had a friend of mine that I met through my real estate uh, business that um, is a custom home builder. And so I've been doing some project management for him for the last two years on an as needed basis, uh, along with my real estate. Um, I also um, do some work for a title company locally that is one of my preferred title companies. Um, I do some business development for them through the South Texas area. Um, uh, basically, everything from, uh, say, Austin um, over towards Houston and all the way down into what we call the, the, the Rio Grande Valley um, down in deep, deep South Texas. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I just recently, um, as of uh, about um, three weeks ago, I started a mobile notary signing service. Um, that's something that came out of a need with the title company that uh, something I could facilitate and help out with. And I have several um, other um, individuals who also have their um, notary commissions through the state of Texas that um, are onboarding with me um, to help facilitate that service across the state. So that's my latest venture. That's my, my newest thing. Um, We've seen a little bit of a slowdown in that part of the business uh, in the last couple months um, due to the economy and uh, some scaling back on, on trying to uh, 
reduce fees for title companies, but the need is still there, especially for some of the areas that I know that, that we can service. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons why I jumped off into that venture as well. And so I'm looking in, uh, forward to see what 2023 can bring with that. Good. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to bring some good stuff. Um, so what what got you going into the real estate? So I spent about 25 years in the commercial landscape and sports field industries off and on. Um, and I was working for a small commercial company out in West Texas um, at the time, uh, late 2012, uh, first part of 2013. And uh, uh, it, it, it was time to, to move on and, and do something else. And uh, I was going to have to move back to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. and. Uh, Really, at that point, it was, uh, what do I want to do? You know, um, I uh, knew I was going to have to find a new career or, or, or a new job. And so uh, I, I came back and um, really kind of started thinking about the opportunity to be self-employed, which I had never really done full time before. And mm -hmm. so I said, you know, I've kind of had an interest in real estate for a while. So let me take a look at that. And I looked into real estate school and what all was take to get a license and all that stuff and said, you know, I, I really feel like this is what I want to do. And I was having conversation with my brother and and um, I was fortunate that he offered to pay for my real estate school because um, he knew the financial impact that it took on me to have to move back here um, from West Texas, uh, the expense that I incurred. So I kind of wiped out my savings doing that. But either way, um, that's that's where I wound up. And then I've been doing went to real estate school uh, five days a week, eight to five for two weeks. And within six weeks, I had done all the requirements, passed my exams and um, got my license at the end of March of 2013. And so uh, been doing it ever since. And I really, really enjoy what I do. I like helping people, you know, get that opportunity to um, have the, the American dream of home ownership. Um, but for me, it's also I, I specialize in land and so in doing doing land sales and help people find either a piece of land that they can build their dream home on or that they can have as a, a legacy property for their family to recreate on, um, you know, for, for years and generations to come. Um, that's kind of what I've been able to do. And then and I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so you did you didn't start working for yourself when you got your license or did you? No, in Texas, you have to hold your real estate license under a brokerage. And so I started with, uh, with a, a, one of the major brokers, you know, that's uh, internationally known. Um, I started with them and I was there for about four and a half years. And then I had opportunity to leave and go to a smaller, uh, more local independent brokerage with a, with a friend of mine that I had met um, at the, at the large broker that we were with at the time and uh, helped him in up through that uh, was in 2017 up through 2019 um, he got his broker's license we branched out and started our own brokerage and I helped him get that going um, up until March of 2021 and uh, March in 2021 um, I left doing that and uh, went back to the small brokerage that we had left from and hung my license there and uh, uh, have been have been there ever since mm -hmm. okay and so <clears throat> Along, along that journey of going back and forth with everything, what have you experienced any struggles along the way? 
Sure. I mean, the, 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 you know, I mean, we had COVID and uh-huh. then, which is how, you know, kind of how you and I got connected, you know, was, was having these, these little, you know, just kind of powwow, you know, boost, boost each other, lift each other up kind of thing, yeah. get things off your chest and know you got a support group of men around you. You know, we had a few women that jumped in with us on occasion as well, but um, you know, COVID kind of really put a big challenge for everybody. I will also tell you that even going back to my first year in real estate, although it was, okay you know by my standards um it was really kind of average for a lot of real estate agents and uh there were things that i learned then that uh i wasn't taught right they, they don't teach you this stuff in real estate school um they, they kind of teach you how to know the information you need to pass the exam to answer the questions right mm-hmm. but uh, to actually do real estate as a business it's it's almost a fly by the seat of your pants there aren't a lot of brokerage that that will take the time to explain that process to you and help you get that going from day number one because you are an independent contractor and so uh it took me about six months when i first got started to realize you have to treat this as a business you're self-employed you have to take your commissions and say okay well just because i got let's just say for an example i got a eight thousand dollar commission check doesn't mean that all eight thousand dollars is mine to go spend willy-nilly on what i want to you have to take out your taxes which you have you know your tax amount but you also have you know what is it, 15.7 percent in self-employment tax on top of that i mean when it's all said and done you've got about 35 40 40 percent of your commission has to go towards taxes mm. you know and so you've got to make sure you set that aside because uncle sam's going to want his money one way or another uh, so um you know and, that, and that's one thing that when i learned that I, I really started having that conversation with new agents that would come to me for advice or for help is like, Hey, the very first thing I can recommend to you because I had to learn the hard way is if you do nothing else, don't worry about getting an S corp or, you know, some kind of LLC or something like that until you have that volume of business and you're making that kind of income. Most tax people are going to tell you, you don't need that. Right. Um, Because you're not going to get the tax benefits from it. So do nothing else. Go set up a DBA. Go establish that because you have to have a DBA for most banks to lend to allow you to have a business account. So go do that first and then treat your your real estate as a business and run it as a business from a financial aspect. And then once you do that, it makes everything transition a whole lot smoother and really gets you in the right frame of mind to go. And so, like I said, that was 2013, 2014. I had an even better year and things were going good. And um Things kind of died off a little bit, not too much, not quite as bad as, as 2013, but they were a little less than 2014 for the next couple of years. And like I said, and then we got to where COVID hit and that just kind of really took the wind out of a lot of people's sales. Um, still has some business, but it just wasn't there like it was before. And uh, coming out of COVID these last year and a half, you know, we've seen kind of the same thing. There's been some challenges there. There's still business to be had. Um, but also saw at that time, there's a need to d- diversify, you know, find some other sources of revenue, some other streams that, um, maybe weren't as big of a, um, financial investment on my side, but gave the potential to produce good, 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 uh, returns, you know, on the backside, uh, with, with little to no investment on the front side. So, 
Um, like I said, the, the builder thing was something that, that me and the builder had been talking about for several years. We kind of came from the same school of thought. And, uh, so he approached me about the opportunity and, and, uh, it was pre COVID, but COVID hit and that kind of put, you know, took away some of his customers, but, um, he had reached out to me, um, spring of 2021 and said, Hey, are you still interested? Because, uh, see, it looks like a lot of my customers are coming back. They're going to want me to start building homes. And so that, that's how that took place. And then um, uh, the title company, uh, about the same time, did the same thing, uh, reached out to me and said, hey, we've got this niche market that we want to target. We have business there, but because of COVID and, and some other things, we've not been able to focus on that. So we've lost some of those clients and we'd like to try and recapture that business and grow it. We feel like you have an understanding of that niche and uh, we think you'd be a good fit. So Okay. <laughs> it took us a couple months of negotiating, but we got there. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, it's, those are, those are two opportunities. And then the, the, the whole thing with the notary thing that just came about here in the last, oh, probably six or eight months um, saw that that would be another opportunity with uh, really not a whole lot of financial investment, but it could pay off long-term and not only can I do it, but I can also help other people. And so there were, like I said, some other folks that are in the industry that, that I knew had their notary commissions and it's like, Hey, um, if you could pick up, you know, an extra, this amount of money, you know, a month, would that be something you'd be interested in? And, um, got, got some good feedback and, and have been able to onboard a few people for that. And so, you know, technically we're, we're, we're just launching, um, even though we formed and, and got everything, uh, set up with the state, you know, in December, but, um, excited to see what, what that's going to do, you know, for, for, for myself and for these other individuals. That sounds good. I, and just, a. Real quick question on, since you do mostly land, right? You sell. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that kind of like going through the whole COVID thing? Was there a lot of uh, transactions then? You know, what was funny was, is especially here in, in Texas is people wanted to get out of the city. They wanted to get far away from other, everybody else. Um, uh, you know, older parts of Pennsylvania, you know, like I do where, I mean, the houses are literally, you know, within probably like, six feet of each other, you know? Um, And and so we, we have, we have a lot of these, you know, even 20 year old, you know, subdivisions where they try and pack these lots as tight as they can and get as many houses in there. But um, people wanted to get that distance. They wanted to get out. And so they were willing to, you know, take an extra 20, 30 minute commute. If, if that's, you know, each way, if that's what it took to, to get a little more separation in space and not feel like they were right on top of each other. So we saw uh, real estate in the rural areas um, outside the city limits um, have a have a little bit of a boom. But we were also facing, you know, supply chain issues and, you know, availability and things like that. So, you know, there were some trade off back and forth on, on some of those things. But, um, yeah, land was a pretty popular item and it drove prices up. Uh, prices have started to come down in the last three or four months um, as a result of that, um, because it got to a point where people were like, I'm not paying, you know, $100,000 for a quarter acre. You know, it's just outrageous for, for that much when they could have got it for, you know, $20,000, $30,000 a year and a half ago. So uh, some of it you could say might have been greed from the sellers trying to take advantage of the market. But you know, people that were just wanting to just get away were willing to spend a little bit more than they knew was, you know, accustomed to, to being spent. Yeah, so. just, just get out there, huh? Yeah. Get away. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
So you have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, could you share what, what you do to kind of like focus on each uh, business that you got going on? And I don't know, let's maybe go through, through your day, just kind of how you break it down or maybe you do separate days. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I attack each day, uh, you know, with each phase of, of what I'm doing. Um, my title business, um, doesn't have to be a constant daily thing. Um, it's a very flexible schedule because of the fact that most of my clientele that I, that I represent for are, you know, an hour or more away. Um, so, um, with them, it's, it's more of a quarterly thing that I, that I really focus on them for about, uh, 10 to 14 days. Um, cause I actually physically go out and see them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I stay in touch with them by email uh, on an as needed basis and things like that. And in, in between visits, um, the builder business, uh, again, it's a kind of as, as I'm, as I'm needed for, for, for what I do for him. Um, but that's, a probably every day or every other day, just staying in touch with him and saying, you know, what the plan is, what, what's, what's the upcoming schedule looking like, uh, where's he going to need my assistance at, um, real estate. I mean, it's a, it's a daily thing, you know, it's, uh, always looking for new business, always trying to help out people that, you know, even that you might've been working with for several months and all of a sudden they've just kind of like laid low and, you know, haven't been able to get, uh, you haven't heard from them a little in a while. So you don't know where they're at and just trying to stay in touch with them and, 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 find out where their needs are. If there's something changed, is something put them in a position where now uh, they're, they're not as uh, aggressive as they were before, or they've had a financial situation change that now they're going to have to either delay their plan to either purchase a new property or to purchase a new home. Uh, you know, there could be a number of different things of what that could be. And then I think pretty much anybody in the real estate under, uh, industry will, will say the same thing. You know, your, your clients needs have a tendency to change sometimes. And sometimes they get scared because of what they hear on the news because the news isn't hundred percent truthful. And so I think as a real estate agent, that's my job is to meet with clients and say, Hey, you know, let me give you the hard facts. Let me give you the honest truth about what's going on in the market and specifically our market here where we're at, right? Because a lot of what you hear is based on national statistics and national numbers. Well, it's not always the same thing where we're at. Um, Texas has been fortunate even since before I got into real estate to, you know, the last recession we had in, in eight, nine, 10 was to, we, we, we've made it through, we suffered a little, but we were still strong compared to the rest of the country. And even with COVID and coming out of COVID, we've continued to be above national average and we've still got companies that are relocating to Texas from other States. And as a result, employees are coming here. And so it's, it's still a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth. Um, and that's, that's what I try to do on a daily basis is communicate that with clients um, and to, to see what I can do to help them today. Cause today may be different from yesterday and it certainly could be different today as to compared to tomorrow. Um, you know, with the notary business, like I said, we're just kind of getting our legs underneath of us and trying to get out there. So it's, it's really getting to the point where, um, I'm focusing on about every other day, getting things together to start getting the word out, to start having the communication with the people that I need to put, uh, put our company out in front of, 
so that they know we exist. They know how we can service them and help them and their clients. And not just in the real estate world. Um, I've got some other people um, like my financial advisor. Um, there's things that we can do to help his clients. Um, sometimes they, they need notary service and things like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's using my sphere uh, of people that I, that I have to uh, reach out to them and, and see how we can service them with notary service um, in any way that, that would be a benefit. Makes sense. Um, so your primary focus is the real estate. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So do you have some kind of structure throughout your day that you kind of, you'll do the whole real estate and then maybe you'll spend that hour or two with the notary and whatever else with the others? Yeah. Uh, typically, if, if, if real estate is my agenda for the day, mm -hmm. and I'm not having any of the other uh, activities going on. Uh, I usually will start with uh, about 30 minutes of um, either taking phone calls first thing in the morning or returning calls that I missed from, from uh, the previous uh, late evening, um, checking a couple of quick emails, sending out any urgent emails that I need to, and then moving on to reaching out to customers and clients and talking to them and, uh, you know, coming up with, uh, with uh, where we at with, you know, property searches or if with sellers, you know, what's going on with the, with the market, where are we at with their, their property and, you know, kind of feedback and activity um, and usually do that for about two hours or so. And um, then usually have the afternoon for any kind of appointments that I need to have, whether it's showing, whether it's take, going to listing appointments, you know, those kinds of things and try to wrap up my day usually by about seven o'clock in the evening. I usually try to, 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 and it's in my voicemail um, at uh, seven o'clock is usually my cutoff time. You know, there's people that will take advantage of that and, you know, especially if they know that though you'll respond anytime after seven o'clock, um, <laughs> you know, but, but if I think most people respect boundaries and if you let them know, Hey, if you reach out to me after seven o'clock um, don't expect a response from me, but if you get one, you know, be thankful because uh, normally I don't respond until the next day. And I think that's just a good way. I learned that again within my first six months of being in the businesses, I was a new agent and I was sitting up till, you know, 1130, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, you know, writing contracts and sending them to my clients were in bed. You know, they're not going to sign it till seven, till be probably <laughs> seven, seven thirty the next morning, eight o'clock the next morning. Anyway, the other agent on the other side of the transaction is not going to see it until eight, nine, you know, so sitting up and pushing myself and losing sleep because I feel like I got to get this done. Um, I learned the lesson. It was, you didn't have to do that. You can just get up a little earlier the next morning and finish it up and send it to them when, and then when they're going to be up and ready to see it anyway. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's where I learned to, to kind of set those boundaries and those parameters. And, and for the majority of people I work with, those have been well-respected. You know, and I think that's been appreciative, too, because it's like that it's set the tone up front. Um, you know, I have a few people that and over the years I've been able to set that boundary and they only reach out to me on an occasion at 830, 10 o'clock at night, you know, and, mm -hmm. and and I'll respond. But they don't abuse it. It's not an everyday thing and they're not blowing my phone up. So, um, yeah, yes, I, I, that's that's pretty much about a typical day for me on the real estate side. Um. What, what time do you start in the morning? So I usually am up around 7.30 or 8. Um, usually, you know, kind of get myself, you know, uh, acclimated to the day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, spend, spend a little bit of time, you know, for, for, for me, you know, for just some peace of mind and solitude. Um, no, usually no more than about 30 or 45 minutes at the most. And like I said, by, by about quarter to nine, I'm, I'm ready to start sitting down in the office at home and, and, um, you know, start, start getting myself geared up and ready to go. The reason I ask that, so a lot of people might listen and go, seven o'clock is pretty late, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, you kind of, kind of open up the window there to see exactly when the morning starts for for you. Yeah. Then, so is there I mean, a I know people that, that, you know, they're, they're up and going, you know, at four or four thirty, you know, five o'clock in the morning and uh, Hey, I applaud them, but I've always been a night owl. So, you know, me, me getting up that early is a, is a, is it's out of the norm for me. Yeah. Um, but being able to be up, you know, by seven, seven thirty, and get things going, um, is, is not now if I have a, a, a major commitment that I need to be up earlier, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can do that. And I will do that. But, um, for, for a normal day, um, that's usually about when I get going. Yeah. And everybody's different. So, I mean, you can have the argument if you want, right. <laughs> right. Cause I'm one of those guys. I've been getting up at four, four thirty or whatever, but, uh, that's just what I do. Um, right. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you get up in the morning. Yeah. Um, so what, what's the, is there a reason till seven or I mean, or, or, I mean, did you have a cutoff time maybe earlier than that before? Or? No, I, I, I just, seven o'clock just seemed like a good reasonable time, you know, because you get people that get home from work and, you know, the first thing they, they need to take care of is, you know, things with the family, things at the house. And so, you know, they may, they may intend to get in touch with you or you may be needing to get a response from them. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, seven o'clock seemed like it gave everybody enough time to not feel like they were rushed. And most people, once they're home, the last thing they want to do is have a conversation about something unless it's just a pressing issue. Um, and so I just that just seemed to be a good a good quality time, because, again, um, it, it establishes uh, the ability for for me to have time to be home, to unwind, to depress, to uh, decompress from the day and not feel like I'm working up until the last 30 minutes right before I get ready to go to bed kind of thing. You know, um, so it's like I said, I, at nine to seven i mean that's that's a pretty good window that's that's a good 10 hour window and and uh of, of working access and so uh, i'm not saying that i haven't worked past it or i haven't like i said mentioned before hadn't you know not taken calls or text messages or emails after that but um it's it's it just like i said it just kind of sets a sets a parameter from the beginning that that's when you should expect me to be available right and and you did have that why that big open window in the beginning and he scaled back. Right. Right. Yeah. And is that something you learned throughout all the years or are you just, well, I mean, obviously having conversations with, uh, you know, seasoned veteran real estate agents, you know, and saying, Hey, you know, you don't, you don't have to make yourself accessible 24 seven. There's a lot of even seasoned real estate agents that feel like they they're available and they'll, they'll put that as part of their marketing they're available 24 seven. And like, you realize what you're setting yourself up for. You're setting yourself up for the potential to work yourself to death. Right. And mm-hmm. feel like you never get a break and you never get, you know, and then as a result, you have family and friends that feel like you never 
take time. You know, you never take vacation. You never. So I, I think just a combination of all those things. And then my own life experiences over my adult years is like, you know, downtime, me time, family time is important um, to all of us. And a lot of us just fail to recognize it when we need to. And so I think that when, by setting those parameters, that helped me to make sure that now at the time and uh, up till, uh, you know, looking into the future that, that I've, I have that as a basis that um, I don't have to worry about that being an interruption um, or something. I have to figure out how am I going to fix this? Cause I've already addressed it. That's good. Um, so I'm just going to backtrack a little bit here. I know you went through all your businesses and stuff, but a lot of this stuff you never really saw coming, right? Like, I mean, I know you wanted to get into real estate, but like the notary and the builder and stuff that just was presented to you and decided to jump it. Yep. Um, besides maybe dollars or whatever you might've looked at, you know, to decide to do something like that. Is there something else that said, yeah, let's give it a go. Um, I don't know, is there some kind of passion there? Well, uh, I mean, so let's, let, let's, let's jump onto the builder thing. Mm -hmm. um, that came out of just building a friend relationship and just sharing a lot of commonalities um, with the builder. Um, he's a third generation builder. He's been in business over 30 years himself, but he's also looking to retire. And um, he has one child that, um, really doesn't want anything to do with the business. And um, just because he has a strong name, strong reputation, uh, does quality work, um, he would like to see his business continue. And so he was kind of looking for somebody. And over the years of him and I talking everything, I guess I made an impression on him. And uh, so that's why he approached me about wanting to come, you know, kind of be an assistant to him a little bit for a while. And if things continue to go the way that they're going and that, then the, the foreseeable goal is that that's going to trans transition over to me taking over the daily operations and then um, basically running the company at that point as he goes into full retirement. So, I mean, that, again, that's, that's just the stars aligning, I guess you could say. And it was just an opportunity just based on conversations over the years um, that, that led us to that point. And so I, I I saw that as just an opportunity there that, um, you know, let's see, just, just, let's see what happens. I mean, if nothing comes out of it um, in the long run, no big deal. I gained some additional knowledge on the construction side. Uh, had, I got some, but, you know, learning how true about true custom home builds, um, you know, just that and the interactions and the way he conducts business and things like that and things that I can share with him to help him enhance how he runs his business. Um, that's, there's a win-win there on, from both sides, no matter what, what happens in the end. So, um, you know, that's, that's why I took that path and, and, and have taken on that opportunity. Um, the title company, again, it was just, uh, I've done business with that particular company for a long time and, um, they knew I had a knowledge of a particular niche in the industry and they had a need. And so they approached me to, to see if I was interested in it. And, Again, it, it was something that uh, I was able to still maintain my real estate license because a, a lot of companies won't let you do that. They'll make you put your real estate license inactive because they don't need a 
conflict of interest that would get them in trouble with the consumer for ten, uh, with the federal government, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being able to, to still maintain my license and, you know, kind of know what the parameters were and how that worked out is like, okay, well, that still fits too. It doesn't really make a major impact into any of the other things I'm already doing. Um, so there was flexibility there. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the, the notary service is just kind of something that I saw as an opportunity that's come about um, in the time that I've been working for, with the, with the title company, but I uh, really saw the opportunity as something that I could bring to fruition about six months, six or eight months ago. And mm-hmm. so just trying to continue to work that because again, there's flexibility. Um, there's opportunity there for financial benefit, but not just for, for me, but for others as well. And so um, I, I knew when I wanted to start the notary service, I didn't want to do it solely by myself because I knew there would be opportunities where maybe I couldn't do it. But what if there was somebody else that I knew had their notary commission and they could, they could have gone and done that service. Right. So it's like, I wanted to be able to provide those opportunities for others that may be hesitant or may not know how to go about doing it themselves. Um, and so it's just, it's just being a facilitator, being a connector, you know, which, you, you know, that's, that's one of the things I, I've, I've been able to do for, for people is you know, connect them to other people. And so, uh, you know, it's, I, I think all around it, everything that I do, there's always some, some, some kind of service connected to it, but I don't look at it as solely where's the benefit for me. What am I doing for others? What can I do to help others that if I, if there's an ancillary benefit that I get from it, great. Right. Um, but it's, 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 it's service before self, you know, mm-hmm. no, that's so a great way to look at it. That's, that's really good. And I, I was just going to mention that it, it's all the connections and networking that throughout all the years that got you to where you are, you know, sure. that's, that's just like you said with the partner, with the builder. Um, yeah. So I, I have a question for you. Uh, if you could, what are the what are three key things that you've learned and used during your journey? Three key things. Yep. So the, the first thing I would say is all praise and glory to God, right? I mean, and, and honestly, um, you know, that, that goes back to when I got divorced my second time in 2010. Um, it wasn't a divorce that I was anticipating. It wasn't a divorce I ever thought um, I was going to ever go through. Um, and it, it was tough. And I had to put all of my trust in what the outcome was going to be and what direction my life was going to be in God. And even, you know, that, that's what's got me to where I am today. I, I've had hard times. I've had some hard times financially, but I've never not wondered if he was going to provide for me. I always knew that even if it was at the nth hour, something would come through that would allow me to continue on the journey. And I've never questioned it. I've never wondered why things happened the way they did or, you know, why they didn't turn out the way they did or any of that. You know, I've always just said, you know, I trust you, God. I, I, I want you to you know, put me on the path that you want me to, to be on. And I will be, um, I will honor that. Right. And so that's, that's my first. 
is just always rely on having your relationship with God and know that uh, everything is, is going to happen according to his plan. And remember that his plan has a different time million than ours does. Mm-hmm. You know, um, second, um, I think it goes back to what I said a few minutes ago about, you know, service before self, you know, and it's not about being a people pleaser. It's about helping people with their journey. And, and I think that can go back to kind of how you and I got connected through Jim, you know, was uh, Jim and I had connected and, and I, I kind of started that, that little group on during COVID, you know, of, uh, of a Zoom call just to be, you know, a support network. And let's just whatever you wanted to talk about. We had no agenda, you know, and uh, just be there for people. You know, we were from all over the country. Um, just being able to have somebody else you could talk to, bounce ideas off of. We had mixtures and ages. So, you know, we, we were some of us that had a little more season than in our lifespan that we could share our stories and our, our journeys, you know, and, and give some of the, you know, the, the younger guys like yourself an opportunity to learn from, learn from us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have to feel like I don't have to create the wheel, reinvent the wheel because these guys have already been down that path, you know, and I think there's something there that that's a value. Um, and so, so that's service, service before self, you know, I think is, is my second one. And my third one is just be humble, be humble and be who you are. Um, too many people in this world, um, have tried to be like somebody else. They've tried to mimic these people we've put on pedestals, whether they be actors, athletes, musicians, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and it's a big, big opportunity to have a crashing fall that really can destroy people, right? It can destroy lives and, and everything else. But if you are who you are and you portray who you are to the people that, you know, you're around and that you meet, um, that gives them a true sense of, of, of who they're dealing with. And they, it puts you in a, in a, in an honest light, you know, that they, they know what they're getting. Um, they don't have to wonder, well, are they literally this way? Or is it just because this is, you know, their first introduction to me or whatever it is. Right. So I think, I think being humble and being true to yourself is the last one, because uh, that's one thing I've learned is that you don't have to be somebody else. God made you uniquely you for the purpose of being you. And um, that's what people want. They want, they want you to be real. They want you to be who you are. I totally agree with you there. That's really good. Yeah. I appreciate sharing those three key things and appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add before we end this? You know, I, I, again, I always want to go back to, you know, when you and I first met, you know, it was through my little Zoom thing that I was doing during COVID. And uh, I know at times, you know, you were you were a little kind of just there, you know, observing. Um, <laughs> you, you didn't have a whole lot to say sometimes. But when you did speak up, a lot of time was out of curiosity for questions or input um, to help you with your journey. And uh, 
I know I, I provided some of that to you and, and I know Jim did and some of the others as well. And, mm -hmm. and to see you where you're at today and doing this, man, I, I am so happy for you. I know you've had a rough journey over the last couple of years personally. Um, but uh, I, I, I just am excited to see you have stepped so far forward out of, out of your, out of your comfort zone to be here and doing this. And uh, I applaud you for that. And I, I wish you much more success with it. Thank you. I was not expecting that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, DJ. Yep. You're welcome. Yep. Thank you for taking your time listening to Life's Checkmark. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time.